The Bible declares that man should not live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word declares that it is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Oh God, guide us. Gird us in your word. May it be our guard on the left, the right, the front, and our back. May it guard us, oh God, from the foes and danger seen and unseen. May we be alert to the enemy's snare. And may we do warfare that is not carnal, but in all our ways we lift up the word of God. That it might ward off the darts of the enemy. Move in this place. Breathe in this place. Shower down in this place. Heal, oh God, in this place. Deliver and set captives free in this place. For truly whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Oh God, as we go into your word, may your word go into us. Feed us till we want no more. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray that all God's people say amen and amen. Come on and give God a shout of praise. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord once again and um, as we journey into this new um, six-week series of more than enough how Jesus meets our deepest needs I want us to be reading through the gospel of John over this the course of this month that it might prepare our hearts um, till the soil if you will of our hearts and prepare us to be ready to receive what God is going to share with us over the course of this series. It is in this series where Jesus is making a proclamation of who he is. And I'm reminded of a period of time when Jesus, while he was teaching and gathering with his disciples, where he asked them this question. He said, who do people say that I am? He asked them this question, and unlike me, I don't think I really want to know all that people think about me, but I believe Jesus was confident enough in his purpose. He knew who he was, so it did not matter what they said or what they thought. He, he just wanted to know where they are so he can project to them the truth of God's word and what he had come there to do, because he knew that it's the truth that sets the captive free. So, so he didn't want them to live on speculation, but he wanted them to know the truth. And I wish there was more people today, even believers, who, who really wanted to know the truth and would live according to God's truth and, and because the truth transforms. And I believe today that as we get into God's word, that it's a transforming truth that God wants to share. He asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they begin to exclaim and, and start to say, well, some people call you Jeremiah. Some believe that you are Elijah or one of the other prophets. 
Then Jesus flips the script on him, and then he points to his disciples, those that was closest to him, and he asked them this question. He says, now, who do you, who do you say that I am? And the spokesperson, Peter, he stands up, and I, I can only imagine that he raised his hand, and before he could even get his hand all the way up, he began to let the words flow out of his mouth. You know how it is, folks, they'll raise their hand, but they're talking at the same time. He's saying, look at me, Jesus, I, I know the answer to the question. He says that, that you are the Christ. You are the anointed one, and you have the anointing of God on your life. You are the, the Christos. You are the Messiah. And Jesus says, man cannot have revealed that to you. Only, that could only have been revealed through the Spirit of God and my Father. And he says, it's upon that statement of faith will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, when we know who God is and we proclaim him for who he is in our lives, when we know that truth, no devil in hell can ever come against you. They cannot block you. They cannot stop you because you know the truth and the truth sets you free. He shares with them this proclamation. So, so he asked them this question at that particular time, but now Jesus is letting them know exactly who is standing right there before him. And in this series of six weeks, we're going to study these six I am statements from Jesus. These are written in red, y'all. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is not what people said about him, but this is what he says about himself. And he was saying this about himself because he wanted people to, to, to know who he was and to not follow after all sorts of things and possessions, but to follow and come after him. Because he was the true person who could satisfy every one of their needs. So in this particular text that we're visiting on today, it makes me think about all the ads and the advertisements that we see on a regular basis. Um, you, you turn on your computer and it's filled with ads. You can, you can just open your browser and all of a sudden you find out that a place that you've searched before, you may have been on Amazon and now all of a sudden you go to another website and there on the side of your page is the thing that you searched for. You wanted to forget about it because you didn't want to waste your money on that item. You was just checking it out and looking at all the specifications. But now, everywhere you go, it's right there in front of you. You turn on the TV. You, you, you wasn't hungry for any Wendy's, but all of a sudden a commercial came on and they told you about this great fish sandwich that they have. And now, all of a sudden, you got to have a fish sandwich. <laughs> we see ads advertisements all around and many people are selling us on goods and items that they tell us isn't this what they say they say this is an offer that you can't refuse oh you can't refuse it and some of us are, are suckers for advertisement everything we've seen on HSE and ev everything we've seen on, on certain networks we gotta have it 
We get it in the house. We use it for three seconds, and your, your boo is saying, oh, baby, whatever happened to that, that slow cooker you got? You never use it anymore because we're suckers for, for adver advertisements, and they let us know here is an offer. It's a great offer, and it's something you got to have in your life. It's, it's a necessity. Your, your food will taste better when you use this. Oh, and we buy it. We buy into it. But I found out over a period of time that all these great offers that are being offered to, it, to us aren't all that great. <laughs> Have you ever discovered that, that something that looked good on TV, you get at home and you find out, uh, is it operator error? Am I doing something wrong? My stuff don't come out like that. It's because they're making offers unto you, making it exuberant, making it larger than life, but it don't hold up. It don't stand the test. These offers aren't as great as they say they are. And in our text today, Jesus makes an offer that, listen, you can refuse, but you will regret. He makes an offer unlike any other that each of you have all the responsibility that you can refuse to respond to it, to receive it, but I want to let you know that if you don't receive it, you will regret it. It's the greatest offer that has been offered to mankind. And here's what he says to the people as he is standing before them. He has just fed the multitudes, 5,000 hungry souls he fed, of men, women, and children, and some people would estimate that when they calculate the numbers that it was somewhere among 20,000 people in attendance. And he, he declares and makes this offer to them in this text. In John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me would never be thirsty. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will hunger no more. They will thirst no more if you come to me. Here's what's happening. He's fed the 5,000 the day prior to this. And now Jesus has sent his disciples to the other side of the lake. And the people... Because they, their bellies had been filled and they seen Jesus work such a great miracle. Now they are going after Jesus. And they're searching and they're seeking after Jesus. And all of a sudden Jesus' disciples get there while the crowd is there and the people are looking for Jesus. I can imagine that they're going out throughout the camp and they're asking, have anybody seen Jesus? Is there anybody here, Miss Rose, have you seen Jesus today? Do you know what he did yesterday? And Rosa said, yeah, I was there. I, I, I was there, but, um, I'm just trying to figure out what he's going to do today. They, they were there, they're seeking after Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus arrives on the scene. 
There's one little tidbit of information. And when, when, when Jesus sent his disciples over, they ran into a storm, and Jesus showed up out of nowhere, scared the daylights out of them. But that's, that's another story, y'all. And they, when they made it to the other side, that's just one tidbit we might want to leave out today. When they get to the other side, they're searching for Jesus. And all of a sudden, when they find him, they said, Master, teacher, where, where have you been? We, we were looking for you. See, I'm, I'm glad today we got some people in the house that are looking for Jesus because they, they've discovered in their life, life isn't much fulfilled without Jesus. So I'm seeking after Jesus. I'm, I'm searching for Jesus. They find Jesus and they say, man, where you been at? We've been looking all over the place for you, Jesus. You were nowhere to be found, and, and I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I, I don't know if you, you, you're doing fish sandwiches today, but um, what's on the menu? Steak, um, filet mignon, what do you have on the menu? And Jesus, you would think that Jesus would answer their question, but I believe Jesus don't have to, have to really answer to them. Anybody know that today, that, that God is sovereign, that he really don't have to answer to you? They're asking, where have you been? And Jesus says, um, you know, the only reason you're seeking after me is not that you're trying to follow me, but you're, you're following the miraculous signs and you, you really missed the point. So the only reason that you're seeking after me today is because you got your bellies filled. And you're looking for me to turn some tricks and do the very same thing that you saw me do on yesterday. Jesus lets them know that, that, that you're looking for bread that, that perishes, that spoils. He says, but I am the bread of life. And that's what I came to give you because the bread of life, what he was really saying to the people on this particular day, he, he said, let me show you how significant I am. Number one, I am the bread of life. And the bread of life refers to, number one, his deity. That he's the God who satisfies every one of your needs. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for you. It refers to his de deity. But also it refers to man's necessity. He's the thing that you ought to demand and put a demand on. That, that bread is something, a substance that in every culture, in every people group, it's a common substance that we all consume to get our fill. At every meal, most people have bread. And he's saying, you, the way you get your fill on food that spoils, the way you consume food that spoils, the way you consume food that perishes in the same way, you ought to be consumed with me. And I'm, I'm sure that someone in there said, who do this dude think he is? Have he lost his mind? Is he tripping? They knew that a Messiah would come. They understood that he was a great prophet. And they understood that when he, he did that great miracle, some of them had said amongst themselves that we're going to take him and make him ruler and king of us. They're going to take him. Don't ask and make him ruler and king of their lives. 
to overthrow a government. He says, I am the bread. I am, I am, meaning that, that he's referring back to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 3 when God revealed himself to Moses and, and he told him to go and set my people free and go before Pharaoh as he, he was standing there before a burning bush. He says, who do I tell them sent me? He says, tell them I am. Because they understood that I am was Yahweh. He's the, the all-knowing God. He's the, the, the one without a beginning or end of days. He's the eternal God. In other words, he's just I am. He just exists. He was referring to his supremacy. He was referring to him being the all-sufficient one. He was referring to him being sovereign God and being steadfast and unmovable, consistent and enduring. And you would think that once Jesus revealed who he was, they have seen such great miracles. They've seen him give sight to the blind. They've seen that he, he can raise the dead. You would think out of all this that when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, you're searching for, for food that perishes and spoils, but you ought to not waste your time and work for food and work for food that perishes and spoils, but you ought to spend your time being consumed by enduring food. And he says, that is me. That is who I am. You would think that they would say, that's what I need in my life. But the Bible says that, that when he told them to come to himself this way, that they turned away. And they left. The multitude, the crowd, 20,000 people at one time, they turned away from Jesus and went their way. Then Jesus turns to the 12. And he says to the 12, he says, will you leave also? Will you leave also? Peter again, Peter again. He says, whether shall we go? Because you hold the keys of life. You have the words that give life for your words are spirit and it is life. So I believe there are three groups that we want to look at that was in the crowd that day that refused Jesus. And we got to recognize if we're amongst that group. Because they were in the crowd when he was feeding them. But they looked at the miraculous signs but they missed the person. They missed the significance of who it was about. So number one in the group were the materialists. Oh yeah, there, there were some material girls and boys in the midst. They, they were material folk. John 6, 25 and 26 says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, they, they wanted the goods. Y'all know, focus. My goodies, my goodies. They, they just wanted the goodies, but they didn't want the God who gave it to them. 
They, they just simply wanted what he could give to them. They, they wanted the goods, but they, they denied the God. They, they wanted the creation. They didn't want the creator. They failed to recognize that the miraculous sign only pointed them to him. It, a sign does what? A sign, when you're driving down the road, the sign gives directions. When to slow down, when to stop, when to turn. It, it tells you which exit to get off. They missed that, that the feeding of the 5,000, it was simply a sign that pointed to him as the true sustainer of life. Man is searching, here it is, for food that perishes. He says in verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. In other words, don't, don't spend all your time trying to satisfy your stomachs. Don't spend all your time trying to satisfy your stomachs and leave your soul starving. We will spend all our time trying to satisfy this flesh, trying to satisfy our pleasures, trying to be entertained, and we, our souls will starve. That, that's why it's so important to be in church. Because all week long, you're, you're facing an enemy, and this enemy is real. It's not for play play. This enemy is real, and this is the only place that you get something beyond the tangible. This is the only place where your soul is fed. It's the place where your soul is charged, that when you go beyond these walls, you're not fighting with weapons of warfare that are carnal but you're being built up in your spirit man that you might do spiritual warfare. And, and in order to do that, we cannot starve our souls and feed our stomachs. We cannot starve our minds from being um, impressed with the word of God. That's why when we face all kind of difficulties, we're ready to throw in the towel and we give up hope because we don't have the substance of God's word. You know how you are when you go without eating. <laughs> we, we get really weak. We get headaches. We get, we, we get agitated very easily. Y'all know, let you go without eating. Y'all see those Snickers commercials? <laughs> Folk is a, 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 a terrorist. <laughs> Until they, it says, till they eat the snicker, then, then they're satisfied, then it reveals who they really are. See, when you don't eat the word of God, you're very easily agitated. You always got a headache, always making excuses. Because we don't, we're not feeding on the word of God. Man is seeking for, watch this, plenty of possessions. Just more and more. The more you get, the more you want. Isn't it amazing? You, you buy a new car. Oh, you love the car. You go on the lot, and when you see it, you feel like, I want something that ain't nobody else got. 
then all of a sudden when you buy it, everybody else, you see everybody else rolling in the same thing that you're rolling in, and then all of a sudden you want something else near because you think you're original. <laughs> Never satisfied. More work. More overtime, and the more overtime you get, the more work you get, the more you spend. And then all of a sudden, they don't have enough work for you to pay all your bills. Because we're, we're after plenty. We're after more. And our souls are never satisfied. Ah, oh, you've been praying for a mate. You've been fasting for a mate, and then you get a mate. God sends someone and then, then he's not wrapped in the package that you've been looking for. You figuring, you're looking at him, oh, I don't like the way he dressed right now, but I can fix that. I don't like the shoes he's wearing, but I, oh yeah, I can fix that. And, and when you find out you can't fix a brother, they're not good enough. <laughs> Never satisfied it's never satisfied more and more and I, I understand you you ought to have enough and I truly believe that God can give us more than enough and I believe God is in the business of giving us more than enough but what happens when you have more than enough are you ever satisfied with it have you ever been to a place where, where you, like Paul says, I've learned to be content. Didn't mean he was lazy. He said, but I've learned to be content whether a base or bound, whether no matter what condition he was in. He said, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned to be content. Do you know contentment is learned? It's learned. And that's why, that's why when, when you're not being fed the word of God, that's why we go more and more, because you're not learning contentment. You're not learning the purpose and the value of things, and that's why we abuse it, because we don't know the purpose of it. So we'll misuse it. 